Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. All of things and, and one particularly. Um, so my business is involved in, with, with, with digital transformation. We are, um, we, we, we catalyze business, uh, you know, business, uh, uh, digital transformation in businesses and in governments. And so one of the key things that we believe in is innovation. And so the more I pondered about this concept of innovation, the more I discovered that we who are children of the creator of heaven and earth are the ones who have a direct link to heaven on creativity. Just think about that for a minute we have a direct link to heaven concerning creativity because God created the heavens and the earth. And in that same breath, he said, let us make man in, in our own image, meaning that we have the same creative power as God. And that took me aback because, you know, as, as, as believers, over, over the period of my business life, uh, the, the whole business thing has been portrayed as a struggle for the believer. It's that you know, every, you know, the, the, you have to you have to survive in the in the marketplace. You have to be, you know, you have to your business have you have to run your business in integrity, and the world out there is corrupt. So you have to, you know, cocoon your business with the biblical principles. So to me, it was a picture of struggle. It was a picture of survival. Very few stories of thriving businesses that are built on the principles of God would read about the Amazons, the Microsofts, but where are the Christian businesses? It seems that we are just playing catch up in the world. And so the Lord led me to this scripture in uh, Proverbs chapter 8 verse 12. And particularly in the KJV because I saw a word there that I didn't think was in the Bible. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. And so today we are going to talk about the blessing of witty inventions. The blessing of creativity, taking innovation from the church to the marketplace. And I just wanted us to reflect on a few things. I know we are in, especially as businesses, it's a storm for many businesses right now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so many businesses are shut down, others have been forced to scale back, others have had to lay off people. And, and yet, in this same season, there are other businesses that seem to be thriving. I came across some interesting statistics that I just want to share us, uh, with, with us that are watching right now. In this COVID season, Amazon makes about $12,000 per second. I'd just like us to, 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 to let that settle. Every second, Amazon is making $12,000. An increase in a time of drought, by the way. The popular Zoom, and I know we are now, many of us who never knew of Zoom, Zoom is actually quite an old company. It's been there for about seven to 10 years, actually about seven years. But we no one knew it up until early this year. Because now we have to communicate, we have to communicate over distances. Many of us are locked down and so we're having our meetings on Zoom. Businesses are being run on Zoom. The other day I was seeing marriages being conducted on Zoom. Just last year, 
Zoom had an average of between 10 and 30 million users every, every day. As of March this year, Zoom has 200 million users every day because of the lockdown. An interesting news article hit that, uh, about two, three months ago where YouTube and Netflix were asked by governments around the world to reduce their speeds because they are slowing down the internet. Just think about it. YouTube and Netflix have been asked, you guys cool down a bit, cut down the quality of your videos because you're slowing down the internet. Why? Because people around the world are tuned to Netflix. Netflix subscriptions have gone through the roof. YouTube has, Google had to expand the capacity of its servers around the world to accommodate the number of people that are on YouTube. And to me, when I read these stories, I remembered the, 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 the scripture in Genesis. One of my favorite scriptures of all time, Genesis 26, verse 12. And Isaac sowed in a time of famine, and he reaped a hundredfold, and he began to prosper. It was a time of famine. And so there's a, something that, you know, we as a body of Christ need to tap into. And there's a scripture that uh, Pastor B3 shared last Sunday when she was talking about the unfair advantage. And she had another, one of my favorite scriptures in, um, in Exodus chapter 31. And I'd like us to read it. If you get stuck on the names, it's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll paraphrase them for now. Then the Lord spoke to me, to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, and who of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled them with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and in silver and in bronze, in the cutting of jewels, in the, for setting, in the carving of wood, to work all manner of workmanship. Now just think about it there. This is, uh, and, 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 and that portion of Exodus is when God had given Moses the plans for the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. And so the picture I have in my mind is that God gives uh, Moses the blueprint. He's like, this is what I want you to build. It's mirrored in heaven. And so now, he then tells, on top of the blueprint, I have anointed certain people with certain skills that are needed for you to replicate what is in heaven here on earth. Think about it. And as Pastor B3 shared last, last week, she said that when the, when the, the, the law of firsts, when something is first mentioned in the Bible, then there's, there's a significance to it. This is the first account where the Spirit of the Lord is filling a certain group of people. And that's how interesting I found this scripture because it's not only about, I mean, think about it. This is a time when God manifests himself physically before the children of Israel. He was a pillar of, of, of uh, he was a cloud by day to keep them cool and a pillar of fire by night to light up, you know, the, 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 the whole meeting. He made it, you know, there was manna, you know, there were quails. He had really done the supernatural for these people. But when it came to replicating a reality in heaven, he felt that he needed to fill people with the Spirit of God in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. I believe this is the first time any major artistic work had happened on earth 
Imagine if the Lord fills you with his spirit to do an artistic work, to work in gold, in the carving of wood, in jewels. And so these people had been anointed for the specific purpose of replicating a heavenly reality on earth. I believe that anointing is still alive with us now. And as the body of Christ, we have direct access to it. The, 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 same, the same scripture is, is, is repeated in Exodus chapter 35. And he says the same thing to, to, to uh, Moses said to the children of Israel, because this is now he's re repeating it to them. And he's filled, uh, it continues to say, and he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, silver, bronze, cutting of jewels, and carving of wood. And here's a, the extra thing that comes in verse 35. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach. He has put in his heart the ability to teach. So the, end, the, the anointing just doesn't end with them because they're not the only ones that are going to work on that site. There are others. They needed to teach this skill to others. And so even that, the Lord had blessed them with. And he blessed them with and filled them with the Holy Spirit. Now, friends, it is interesting, and, 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 and I'll give a story of why I was meditating on some of these scriptures from, for, for a while. But every time there is a push, every time there is drought, if you read the, the old accounts of drought, especially in the Old Testament, you find that the Lord always has a solution for the church. Uh, he always has a solution for his anointed. Right from Abraham to his sons to throughout the Bible, he always has a solution. And so my word for someone right now is that even in this time of drought for your business or apparent drought, because I don't believe that we are out there in the cold, there is a new idea that the Lord is bringing to you. There is a new way of doing your business that the Lord is bringing to you that will cause you to thrive in this time of drought. That will cause you to thrive in this time of drought. You're not called to survive. We're not weathering the storm. I remember a very vivid picture that Pastor Mose shared about palm trees versus trees that, have, that are, that are un inflexible. When hurricanes are hitting land, and, I'm, and, I, and I see those pictures of bending palm trees, in the storm they are still planted. They don't, they're not uprooted because they are flexible. Because they are flexible. Many of you who are watching that are, that are of the Worship Harvest family will understand that as much as this season hit us and hit everyone in Uganda, Worship Harvest is still thriving because we had seen, the Lord had told, told us about certain things earlier, earlier on. I remember one of the meetings we had and we were, it was like a joke, but it was an interesting idea of having garages in homes. It was actually last year. And we were toying with the idea, it's like, wow, what it, how would it be if we could broadcast a signal to people's homes and they could have garage there? Guess what? Right now, the church is growing in homes. Salvations are, be, are being, uh, uh, we're witnessing salvations in homes. Witty ideas. They sound outlandish, but when it comes from the Lord and you take action, the results speak for themselves. So the reason why I was in, in this study earlier on is because 
I'll, I told you about my background. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a tech guy. They, you know, some people call me the tech pastor, but well, we'll see about that. <laughs> but I, I've loved technology for, for the better part of my life. And it has led everything I do in business. Right from, I mean, I've been in business for about 16 years. Now, over the years, I've seen different cycles of technology come and go. And so this recent wave is, is, is one of the things we are calling the fourth industrial revolution. And we don't have time to go into the details, but just know that there's a series of technologies that are emerging right now that are going to change the fundamentals of society. And so we have been at the, you know, at the far front of pushing or advocating for these technologies. And so in my belief, uh, my, my core belief is that these are not coming at this time by accident but that God is using this shift in tides to position the church in its favor. And so I have been rallying, waking up the church, waking up believers, waking up everyone I can, see, I can talk to and tell them, look, arise, this is a time for us to take advantage of these technologies because everyone around the world is at the starting line. No longer can we be left behind trying to catch up, especially as a continent of Africa. And so even as we move through this, I've been getting all sorts of messages, and most recently, the messages of conspiracy theories about how 5G is over what, the mark of the beast, COVID. <laughs> and, 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 and of course they would come to me because I'm the, I'm the voice people here of 5G, blockchain, what, and so, Someone, want, someone I respect a lot sent, sent one of the videos and says, what do you think? Is there, is, don't you think there's, a, there's something here, there's a conspiracy theory? And I'm like, we are here again as a church. When the opportunity for us to grab and, and leap forward is here, we will easily get distracted by things that take us back, that keep us behind. And, and, and the person, I, and, and the, the, the spirit of the Lord came upon me at that time and it just, just tells him, yes, it is a conspiracy theory, yes. <laughs> God forbid, if I was the devil, I would not be sitting waiting and all these things are happening, waiting for, as in, I'm going to work out a plan to take over the world. That is what he has been trying to do from, this, from the beginning, from the Garden of Eden, to pervert the creation of God, to confuse man, to separate us from God. And so is there a conspiracy theory? Yes, because the devil is alive and is active. But what is the church's reaction? Are we going to get back into our churches waiting for evacuation, waiting for, oh, let's the, I'm, I hope I'm the 100, one of the 144,000. How will I avoid the mark of the beast? Because <laughs> the, the pressures are high. But that got me thinking. It's like, Lord, where are we as a church in terms of innovation? Where are we? Why are we the ones always on the receiving end? It's like, oh, is this a conspiracy theory? Oh, is polio vaccine trying to control you know, the continent of Africa to keep it behind? Where is the innovation of the church? Why aren't we the ones driving this forward? And that was my, and, and my resolve has never been greater that this is the time. These are the technologies that are going to advance the kingdom. Just look at just one example of us embracing technology. You version you most likely have it on your, on your phone. Last statistics show that it is installed on 330 million devices globally. 330 million devices. 
compare that to the printing of the Bible since the printing press. Those numbers are getting closer. So for as long as the Bible has been printed, is the distribution of the Bible in people's devices today. Think about that. What happens when technology is, when we, when we as believers embrace an innovation, it's not even about technology, it's about innovation. Think about it. One of the, 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 when I was studying about this, one of the most interesting things that I found is about Sir Isaac Newton, and I know many of us know him, those who remember physics. Yeah, if you don't, I'll ask Pastor Mose to take us through <laughs> his, Newton's laws of mechanics, of motion. And so we, many of us remember him for the apple falling on his head and getting a revelation about gravity and the laws of gravity. What many people don't realize is that actually Sir Isaac Newton was a theologian. He was a devout Christian. He was a believer. And we still attribute many of the theories in mathematics, in mechanics, in optics to him today. This is just one example of one someone who embraces the innovation of heaven and allows heaven to work through him on earth. To this day, we still refer to Newton's laws. And you see, we might think about gravitational laws as just gravity here on earth. No. Gravity is one of the most strongest forces in the universe. It's what keeps the earth moving around the sun. It's what makes tides. Gravity, and he's the one who discovered the basis of these theories. Optics, being able to look up into the sky and view heavenly bodies. He's the one, uh, the prism, the prism effect, and uh, discovering that white light is actually a band of different colors and of wavelengths. It is Isaac Newton. But here's the most important thing that caught me, uh, not by surprise, but it was an interesting fact. Because of his accomplishment, he was knighted and became Sir Isaac Newton. And at, at his knighting, towards the latter part of his years, he was the master of the mint. The master of the mint in that time was a person responsible for printing money. So Sir Isaac Newton was put in charge of the mint, of the British mint at that time because it was mad with corruption. And so he discovered a way of making sure people don't print money without value because that's what they were doing. They were printing money aimlessly for their self-gain. So when he was made master of the mint, he said, no, we shall tie the value of the British pound to gold. He was the founder of the gold standard. And it's because of that gold standard that the British pound was the world's reserve currency until recently. This is what happens when believers embrace the heavenly truths, the heavenly innovation that has been given to them. And those of you who are keen students of economics, you will understand that the, 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 the way we are running our economy right now is, uh, not to get into too much economy, it's unsound money. We have money that is printed against debt or against nothing, fiat. Pastor Mose was talking about it here the other time. And I believe I'm talking to businessmen. I mean, just think about it. Just the other day, the United States printed $2 trillion worth of money in a time of economic downturn, meaning there's no economic activity to back that value. So that value will have to be paid. The reckoning is coming. 
yet we have a believer who came up with a gold standard, pegging money to gold. And, I, and there are many. Uh, if, if you just go and Google Christians uh, or Christian in, uh, in science and technology, you'll find Nobel laureates, you'll find so much. Actually, the Wikipedia page is very long of believer after believer, innovation in astronomy, innovation in science. I was so encouraged these past few days just to see that actually there are people there tapping into the innovation of heaven, bringing witty inventions and bringing them here on earth. But I was so encouraged by Sir Isaac Newton. Another lesser known uh, parishioner was, was a gentleman called Giogardo Bruno. Many people don't know about him. They know about people who have followed his work like Galileo and Isaac Newton. But Bruno was a preacher. And in his meditation, when he was, you know, listening to the Lord at some point, at the time the belief by the church was that the earth, they were at that point convinced that the earth is round because remember at some point they didn't believe the earth was round. So they said, yes, okay, the earth is round, but all these other heavenly bodies go round the earth, the sun, the moon, so the earth is at the center of the universe. And this was a belief strongly held by the church. But in Bruno's meditation and when he was reading the scriptures, he discovered that actually it's not the earth that's at the center. There are many other heavenly bodies that are, that are revolving around. And this came at a great price because he was, he was what is, if there's, an, if, you, if there's an inquisition, you're what? You're inquired. <laughs> anyway, they, they charged him for heresy and they imprisoned him for that belief. Now, he still held on to that belief until the, day, the night before his trial. He's sleeping and the Holy Spirit takes him, gives him an out-of-body experience. This is according to his journals. It takes him to space and it shows him the earth moving around the sun and, and shows him other heavenly bodies moving around the sun. And so when he came back to his senses, his resolve was even stronger. And in his trial, he said these things. That in my, the Lord took me in an out-of-body experience and showed me the earth was not the center, but rather everything is moving around the sun. And there are many suns. Oh, in the church, <laughs> you said there are many suns. How? And they killed him. Wow. Later on, another believer in the name of Galileo, Galilee, found these writings. And that together with other innovations, AKA optics from theories by people like Isaac Newton, put and pointed a telescope into the sky and saw other heavenly bodies going around the sun. I share these stories to encourage us not to cower. I share these stories to encourage us not to be there in survival mode. It is in this time that witty inventions are coming out of the church. It is in this time that we are embracing the, the unknown. It is in this time that the Lord is downloading his wisdom. Deuteronomy 8.18 says that it is I who give you power to get wealth that I may establish the covenant which I spoke to my fathers. He has done it before in the Bible. Examples are like Joseph in the time of famine, you know, it gives Joseph, interesting, there's a dream. The king has a dream. Come, Joseph comes and interprets the dream, and it's clear. And it's clear to the point of methodology. It's not spiritual. No, no, it's like a fifth 
put aside for the, for the farming. And those of you who are frequent on, on, on worship harvest, you'll understand this is a principle we teach, saving 20%. And that principle was accurate. It was wisdom from heaven, and even Pharaoh himself said, let Pharaoh select a discerning wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Collect a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt. It was specific. Heaven instructed, implemented on earth, and that very act, together with many others, made Egypt the most prosperous nation of the time. Other examples is when, when Jacob is, uh, is dealing with Laban, and they have this conversation about spotted and speckled animals. I find it interesting that, you know, God, is, God can allow, as in, why did God instruct Jacob to do what he did? He received an instruction that says, no, you just give them this back of the tree and they will reproduce the way you want. Wisdom. Sounds outlandish. If you're reading the, that story for the first time, you'll be like, what witchcraft is this? But it is heavenly wisdom applied. And, Joseph, and Jacob became very wealthy because of that heavenly wisdom applied. First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32 talks about the sons of Ishakar who had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. I believe that anointing is being poured of us right now and some of your business are getting understandings of the times, realizing what is happening now and positioning your businesses for that harvest. And so today, I just want to leave us with a couple of lessons. Some practical things that you can do. Get the word. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. In all you're getting, get understanding. That's where we start. We start from the word of God. He has poured out all his wisdom in the collection of the word. And so from there, one of the practices that I've learned to do is just reading a proverb a day. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's, uh, it's not magic because it's the word working, but it is so accurate. Believe me, when you read a proverb, the words there, you, will, they, you can even read them over and over again. I've been doing that for some years. And I can almost memorize them. But if there's something about reading the word and letting it settle in your heart, and you start getting ideas. So <laughs> at, at my workplace, they keep teasing me that I'm an encyclopedia. Like, it's like, but you, when do you read this stuff? It's like, I don't know. It just comes to my heart and it's in my head. Because I read Proverbs. That's my secret. I read Proverbs. I read the word. It manifests in wisdom. And then you get, start getting ideas. Write them down. I have my notebook which I write all my ideas. It's interesting how some of them get implemented before me, but that's a different story. That's an obedience issue. But, yes, just write them down. In this season, believe me, there are ideas pouring out. Every time there is a war, every time there is a famine, there are opportunities for us to take advantage of. Get the word in. Get the word in. Research. Read up. Right now, one of the things you realize is that all these things that used to be paid for and expensive are now being made free. There are a whole series of courses on, from Harvard that were made free for people to learn at home. There's a whole slew of, of audiobooks that are free now. 
get some knowledge, get understanding, get insights into many of these things that are happening. Don't just read headlines. When you read headlines as a believer, you're looking at the past. That already happened. We know as believers that things first manifest in the spirit before they manifest in the physical. So by the time you read it in a headline, it's too late. Yeah. Tap into the spirit. See what's coming. We're about to enter into an open where we're about to start slowly getting it back uh, to open up the economy. Are you ready? Is your business ready? Because we're not going back to life as normal. Okay? We're not going back. I was telling some organizations the other time, it's like people now are getting accustomed to ordering things online. Is your business online? Or are you waiting to, to get customers through the door? Read what's happening in other places that are going before us and start preparing yourself for the time like now. Get help. Get help. Get help. If you're not understanding, find out someone. Find out another, you know, seek, seek. You can't just remain passive. This is the time for us to be active. Dream big. Dream big. I was telling some friends the other time, if I came five years ago and told you that border border people will be earning their living on a smartphone, you would think I'm crazy. But look now what's happening. Because of things like safe border. A border border person wakes up in the morning, switches on his phone, because it has to be on for him to earn a living in Uganda. Think about it. A smartphone, which at some point was a luxury. Think about it. You know, is your business digital? Are you, are you, because as long as your business is physical, you have a physical reach. If it's digital, you have a global reach. And you keep hearing here on, on Business Garage that take your business global, take your business global. This is the time. I was talking to some friends who invented uh, a, a Ugandan Zoom, if my, for lack of a better word. So it's like Zoom, but developed by Ugandans here. He has not been sleeping. <laughs> you can imagine, he has not been sleeping. And yet, this product was not finished, was not finished in this season. This product was ready last year. It was ready last year. So people are thinking. People are thinking. Think about it. Safe Border used to be a ride-hailing service. It's now a platform. I, I keep telling people about platform thinking. If you're, you, 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 can have, uh, you can have a product that's part of the, the fruitfulness cycle that Pastor Mose teaches will be fruitful, multiply, subdue. You can have a product. The product is physical, it can only reach your clientele. If you have a platform, that means people can build their products on you. So you survive on the, you, you, you thrive on the, on, on the prosperity of others. The, the very easy example is Amazon Web Services, for those of you who are a bit tech savvy. Amazon Web Services is Amazon's biggest product, not the, not the website. It's, the, it's the, the, the Amazon Web Services, the power that powers uh, the, the website of Amazon. This is the, this is the interesting thing. The whole of Netflix, the whole of Airbnb, the whole of, uh, of, of, of a number of online businesses are built on Amazon Web Services. So if you say Netflix is a billion dollar business, the infrastructure that powers Netflix is Amazon. Just think about it. Apple, the mighty Apple uses Amazon Web Services thinking platform. 
if you can create a platform where others can thrive, that's platform thinking, that's subduing. That's why Amazon will not go broke anytime soon, because if Amazon goes broke, another uh, almost a significant portion of the, of, of the Forbes 500 will have to go with it. Platform thinking, platform thinking. So this is, this is innovation that's available from heaven. And in these last few minutes, as I conclude, I just want to leave you with a blessing. My current meditation for this season, or for this year, until further notice, is from Deuteronomy 28, verse 2 to 14. And I leave these words for all of you that are listening. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed, blessed shall be the basket, your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you, before your face. They shall come against you in one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing in your storehouses, all those accounts that you have, savings accounts, business accounts, your storehouses are blessed. And to all which you set your hand to, the fruit of your hand and your mind are blessed. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. And I could continue, but I just want to stop there and say, the Lord has blessed you with wisdom from heaven. Witty inventions are your portion. Start innovating. Be like Isaac Newton. Be like Giorgado Bruno. Be like all the patriarchs that have gone before us. Be like people like, like uh, David Green, who single-handedly has caused the popularity of you version through his investments in life.church. Life. You have the same power. You have the same creativity. We bless the Lord and we honor him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.